Welcome to the Credit Union Business News Podcast, the only all-digital, all-business resource for credit unions. This episode sponsored by Bader Training and Consulting. We create environments where employees actually want to come to work and members want to keep coming back. Hi, I'm Ken Bader, your host for the and we have a great guest today. Uh, it is uh, International Women's Day about a few weeks ago in March, but we celebrate it throughout uh, the month of March, and we're going to talk about women in the workplace with our expert, Anita Bellitz. Did I get that right? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Anita Bellitz, who is a career mentor and accelerated change coach. Let me tell you a bit about her before we introduce her completely. Uh, Anita is a coach and mentor to high performance corporate employees and executives, something we certainly need in the credit union industry. She is founder of the Worth Factor, combining techniques in neuro linguistic programming, easy for me to say on a Monday morning, with her skill and lessons learned over her successful 20 year corporate career to help participants to find their unique value in the workplace. She, speciali she specializes in how to become a sought-after employee and finding the path to a lucrative and enjoyable career, and don't we all want that? And she is the host of the Wise Women's Workplace podcast, and I have to mention she has a financial background, so she certainly is the right person to talk about this subject in the credit union industry. Anita, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ken. That's a great welcome. Thank you. <laughs> well, you, you you made it very easy by giving me a great bio, um, you know, in, in, and also for, for all the folks out there just got back from the New Media Summit uh, where I met dozens, and I do truly mean dozens, of great professionals and thought leaders that will be on many of our shows and provide a lot of expertise um, to my audiences on, on a number of podcasts. And Anita, you're the first one from that new media summit. I couldn't wait to get you on. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of jokes. And, and given your work with women executives, coupled with your, your background in finance, you know, we really truly wanted to have you on the Credit Union Business News podcast. Uh, my first question, given your podcast, is the, the, the Wise Women's Workplace podcast. What constitutes a wise women's workplace? Okay, so thank you very much. Uh, exactly, I mean, why is women's workplace? Clearly the focus is for women, but it doesn't only have to be for women. Um, a wise workplace is one where I would say that people are using their collective knowledge and experience to make good judgment calls, making good kind of decisions on a regular basis. And that allows them basically to stand out and uh, have an easier job every day at the workplace and go further in their career in the long run. Okay. Awesome. And, and how does a workplace kind of foster that environment? Like you said, I, I love what you said. It's not just for women. If it's good for women, it's, it's good for men. It's good for everybody of, of any gender and of all ages. You know, how have you seen a workplace, especially in the finance industry, you know, really foster that type of culture, that type of morale? 
Yeah, this is something that clearly over the years has been changing. So in the beginning, when I started out, uh, it's clear that things were much more categorical about what a man should be doing, what a woman should be doing in the workplace. Um, but it's something that over the years, it's clear that what has come through is, you know, kind of hard work, showing your, your talent, where you're really standing out, uh, your expertise, your know-how in general is really the thing that's making the mark today. And it's not so much of a gender issue as it is really about being able to stand out. So the thing is that even in finance, uh, we do see actually a lot of women in the workplace today. Um, I think today in the workforce in America, women make up, I think, 47% is what I saw recently. Um, so there are quite a few, there are quite a few women. Um, in finance, it's not at that level, but it is growing. Um, so it's something that clearly organizations are open to. There's not this uh, treatment anymore, like women should be doing only particular jobs. And we see that the, the clients of these organizations like to have this diversity, right? So people want to be able to have a choice of who, who they're going to be able to work with in the organization, whether that's a woman or men or, you know, just different kinds of diverse groups, let's say. Right. What I've noticed in the credit union industry, and I've been in this particular uh, arena in one way, shape, or form since 1993, is, is we've been blessed with a lot of women that are in different executive positions, whether it's CEO, other C-level um, executive positions, managers, and so forth, uh, which I think has been very fortunate for us on a number of levels. Uh, one in particular, you know, in terms of branding and marketing, you know, we have many, many households. In fact, I think I saw a, a number, I don't remember what the actual percentage was, but it was a high percentage, is that most households, it's, it's where the wife or mom is the one that is actually handling all the finances. So to actually go into a financial institution and be able to interact with another smart woman is, is actually a, a, a pretty good uh, branding idea. Not that that's the reason that we're doing it, but I think it, it probably makes a smart woman who needs that, that guidance more comfortable to talk to another smart woman. Does, does, does that make sense or am I completely off base on that? I totally agree with you. I think that sometimes you just want to find somebody that you have common ground with. So, you know, it's not necessarily a gender issue. It can be other things, but it's true that, for example, women have a lot more buying power today. They make a lot more financial decisions. They do feel more comfortable often talking to somebody who understands either who is another uh, woman working professional who might have a family, for example, and who understands the needs to make uh, adjustments, for example, in investments that they're going to make or um, ensure that they have a certain level of security, for example. So it is important to be able to find somebody that you can really trust in that kind of a situation. Not that a woman's not going to trust a man, but maybe just feeling this uh, kind of common ground is something that makes that relationship even that much easier, let's say. Yeah, that's that's a great point in what you said, that, that a, woman, a woman isn't necessarily going to not trust a man. I think what it comes to, and, and I do a lot of this work with credit unions, is that you know a lot of times we need to get away from 
a gender label or an age label or, you know, God forbid, a, a race label or something like that and understand that, you know, everybody has a different personality profile. And in many cases, I found that because of their personality profile, whether it be DISC or predictive index or whatever the heck it is that you want to use, uh, there's probably a ton of them out there, is that, you know, a man may have by his personality profile more empathy than some women that, that are there. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's about more of what is uh, innate in you you know, in terms of what you naturally can give and offer more so than, say, a gender or an age. Would you agree with that? Or <laughs> Totally. And I have to say, it's really interesting to see also, like, when you go into this kind of a situation, for example, like in a private situation where I've gone in for, uh, you know, financial services into a meeting with my husband and our representative, it's really funny to notice how differently we receive the person, how differently we hear what the person is saying. Yeah. So it's clear that it's not a gender issue. It's really something down to, you know, where we have our affinities, let's say. So um, it's, it's interesting. I think one of the things that I wanted to mention when we were talking about this just a minute ago in terms of kind of the evolution over time, we are getting past that, that moment of feeling like, you know, um, there's quotas, for example, that we have to put forward. Yeah. I mean, and now we're really seeing this natural evolution, maybe that the quota is kind of forced, right? Um, which it might have been necessary. Um, but maybe if nothing else, it's just kind of helped to kind of leapfrog the movement. Yeah. So I think something like like that is really important to notice. And and I, I've seen honestly in the credit unions, I mean, you guys have so many women in leadership positions, it's really admirable. It's really, really admirable. Yeah, I, I, I can't speak to whether that was a conscious choice or if it just kind of happened naturally in the industry. Um, but, you know, I could definitely say that from 1993 when I started that there were a number of women in, in very important positions um, throughout the, the so-called credit union movement. I know some people like it to be called a movement rather than an industry. Uh, I think industry is actually more official, but anyhow, be that, be that as it may, I, I think that, you know, we in this particular sector of credit unions in the whole financial space, uh, you know, truly have a benefit maybe over some other you know, banks or, or, or other institutions in that financial space of, of having women in those particular positions, if for no other reason that we're getting many different perspectives um, on not only how to move the industry forward, how to move individual credit unions forward, and, and also do what's, what's best for our different members out there. Now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. Hi there. At the time of recording this message, you know, we are definitely in uncharted territory with the coronavirus pandemic, and I know it's affecting our credit unions in many different ways, whether it be direct challenges, uh, such as people that unfortunately do have the virus, and let me say, uh, you have my prayers for, for your families and for yourselves for, for only the best um, today and in the future. Uh, but also challenges to the business model itself, challenges to uh, keeping people motivated and on the, on the right path. Uh, and I know that a number of things are being canceled. 
many of which are, are directed uh, by the government because of social distancing, uh, because of only allowing so many people in a particular space. Uh, and I want to tell you that everything at Bader Training and Consulting, whether it be branding, culture building, strategic planning, uh, and many of the services that Bader Training and Consulting offers, all of it can be offered through this type of medium. Uh, I'm very skilled in doing this type of training and facilitation using technology, uh, especially everything that we have to bear with us. Um, so please, even at as, as close as a 24 hours notice, many times I could provide training, facilitation, education uh, to your employees, to your management staff that's going to help you continue to move forward even in this temporary crisis that we're dealing with. Also, I want to stress that while we have a lot of very knowledgeable, intelligent people out there, whether they be in-house trainers, uh, HR professionals, uh, even C-level executives, I also know many that are not comfortable with this particular type of technology in holding meetings and not just communication, but creating engagement and involvement with this technology, much like you would do in an in-person meeting. I certainly can provide that facilitation, even if it isn't one of the main areas of expertise that I offer at Beta Training and Consulting. So utilize me, seek me out for help, Many times I can help, even at a moment's notice, not always the case, but come to Bader Training and Consulting for facilitation for your credit union at this time of need. Odds are I know a way that's going to be able to help your credit union, especially with a number of branches and even with employees at home to be able to involve, engage, get your message out and continue moving forward in the way that your credit union needs to. For more information on how I may be able to help, especially in this time of crisis, which I'm more than willing to do, especially in this special industry of credit unions, which is really going to be people helping people at the time that we really need it. If you wanna hear more, if I can help you, please reach out to me directly uh, at either my direct line 630 854-6380 or via my email kbater, B-A-T-O-R at B-T-C-I-N-C dot net. Stay safe and please stay healthy. The many reasons I was really intrigued with what you had to say and our many conversations over the summit last week, um, you know, especially over a lot of laughs. You know, you laughed at all my jokes, which I really, really appreciate. That doesn't happen too often. Uh, <laughs> but you mentioned that, you know, you know the secret to getting promoted without asking. So, so let's cut to the chase. You know, what is that secret to getting promoted without asking for it? Okay, so here it is. It's not actually rocket science, but <laughs> it's basically promotion ready every day, right? So that when the opportunity comes along, that you're the one who they are going to be thinking about to fill that position. So in order to get promotion ready, I mean, you basically need to have three different things that are happening all the time for you. Okay, the first 
one is something that hopefully we all know and that we all practice, but I see that it doesn't always happen. And it's basically that you're really consistently working at a very high standard. So this is something that I would consider kind of internal looking, meaning that um, these are your everyday practices at work. This is where you're going to be organized. You're going to have um, a good system to make sure that you're always delivering work to a very high standard on time, um, that you know really what to focus on so that you're not getting kind of bogged down in the little things that take up a ton of time that you're spending a lot on those, but that don't make a difference. You know what, it, what you need to focus on to kind of move the needle forward for yourself. And um, you need to kind of keep ensuring that what you're doing is really aligning with what your organization is trying to accomplish. So by that, I see a lot of people, they get really hung up on, I have this huge task list that I have to finish. And instead of really focusing on something that is really critical, right, to move the results forward, they're trying to get through this big list. Yeah. And um, often what I see is people, I talk a lot in, in other stuff that I do about moving from a junior to a senior mindset. And this is something where this comes really into play. I mean, as people go through the organization and they get to higher positions, they start to realize that all that like kind of real task oriented stuff is not always the most important. The boss actually needs something else kind of critically and they're not really happy to wait for it because you're putting these other things, you know, in priority. So, so I think that's the first one. I think it's about really delivering to a high standard and it's really about who you are, how you do your work. Okay. The second point is that you really need to demonstrate a significant portion of the skills that you're going to be, that are going to be necessary for the next job. Now, this is always the conundrum that people have, right? They say, how can I do that if I'm not in that job yet? Well, you have to get a little bit smart about this, clearly, right? You have to be able to show that what you're doing, like, first, you have to be conscious about it, right? You have to right. be able to say, what I'm doing, like, what am I doing now that really kind of carries over into the next job? You need to do that check. You need to say, um, do I have the majority of the skills that are going to be needed? You don't have to have all of them. You don't have to have that specific experience, but you do have to show that you have the capacity to learn it. So, you know, um, you need to bring in not only what you're doing exactly in your current job, but you need to try to use your other experiences to bring your kind of package deal to the table every day. It means you have to think a little bit differently, okay? You need to think outside of the box. You need to think of the bigger picture, okay? So this is what I would call kind of the outward looking side of things. Sure. All right. Does that make sense? And jump in anytime. No, it, makes, it, makes, it makes a ton of sense. You know, it's, I'm just letting you roll with it because I'm just sitting here thinking that's, that's exactly what I've been talking about for almost 20 years. So please continue. Yeah, people just get so focused in on like the everyday little nitty gritty stuff that they don't think about the bigger picture. So, so that's kind of a problem. And so then I would say that the third thing is that like you really need to show whoever the decision makers are in your organization that you understand what the mission of your organization is, okay? So this is moving from the junior to the senior mindset. This is about saying, I understand what we're here to do and I understand how I fit into this equation. And I understand how that next job fits into that equation. And you need to make sure that then what you're doing is that you're actually demonstrating that on a regular basis. So this is another thing where people feel often when they're in a more junior position that they have a hard time to actually show that it's not so difficult. It comes down to little things that we do every day. So uh, an example I love to give people is when, they ask, when they're asked to do reporting, people always get upset. 
they always think their boss is micromanaging them. Reporting up is like the best thing that you can possibly do to secure your position and to secure your trajectory in the organization. When you understand what you're doing on a daily basis and how it contributes to forwarding things in the organization, you can report on it that way to your boss. So you don't have to take it like your boss is micromanaging. You can really take it like I am showing my boss like that these results are important for this reason and this is how that connects to the bigger picture. And when people start noticing that you actually are making those, like connecting those dots, that is when you're really, really gonna stand out and people are gonna say, oh, this one is the one to keep your eye on. So I would say that's kind of the three key things that are really required for you to be promotion ready and and you have to do it consistently. You have to be conscious of this on a very regular basis. So look internally at what you're doing, what kind of a worker you are. You look kind of externally and you're showing your boss on a regular basis. You've got all those good skills like communication and leadership and all of that. And then the third one is really like showing those people higher up that you know how to connect the dots so that they're actually thinking of you as like the natural next person in that position because they know that you work well, you're a pleasure to work with, and you understand what we're doing. Yeah, you know. Does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense because it sounds like a female saying the same things that I've been saying for like the last two decades. Um, you ba- there was a reason <laughs> yes, yes. I knew there was a reason why I got you on, on this show immediately after this summit. But basically what you laid out was uh, my B plus C plus S formula that I apply to businesses you're applying to people, and I, and I think it truly does. You know, real quick, you know, B plus C plus S is brand, culture, strategy, image, experience, and doing the right business. Um, or better yet, if you want to really wrap it up in one word, it's it's really alignment. You know, it's alignment. Yeah. It's a it's alignment with your boss. It's alignment with your coworkers. It's alignment with the mission. And in one of the things you said, you talked about. Which, which I also um, uh, feel is very important about having a very high standard. And I think you know, to make it a little bit easier for some of the folks out there, because you gave great advice, and sometimes you know, we, we want to, we wanna, you know, like Trump does, you know, let's get it in a little nugget, <laughs> is from an alignment standpoint, if your credit union has service standards, and I know a number of them do, yeah, that makes it really easy to say, all right, yeah, here are the standards for my organization. I'm going to follow them to the best of my ability because people above you will notice that, um, coupled with the fact that, um, that if you're truly, and, I, and I'm going to paraphrase what you said, and this is one of the things I used to say to a lot of the college students that I used to mentor, uh, back when I was in Chicago and I was able to do that at my alma mater of DePaul University is that you, you, people need to see you in that next position on the org chart before you're actually there. And you're right. You know, you don't necessarily have to have every single skill, but they have to begin yeah. thinking of, you know, wow, you know, I could see this person in this position. When I'm doing succession planning, yeah, this is the individual that I'm going to look at because we could always train, you know, certain skills, you know, but we can't always train a certain work ethic or 
a uh, an attitude or approach is probably the best word to the work. That's a that's much harder to train. Is does that is is that kind of go along with what you're saying? Oh, totally, totally. And I think that's the key thing too, right? Is exactly like when you say they're looking to see, you know, can this person fit? Skills can be learned, right? Skills can be learned. Things like how you experience the organization, how you see how things fit together, how dedicated you are, right? Which also means sometimes raising your hand to say, I don't agree, right? Right, with the way things are. I mean, as long as you are really in line with the organization, so your alignment is perfect, um, I think that's exactly what's needed, right? And um, a lot of people, I see that uh, sometimes people get more stuck up on their own stuff, like, like, what if I get promoted and I, and I can't do it? Or, you know, people doubt themselves a bit. But you also have to trust your superiors to, to know that they saw something in you that made you ready for that step. But yeah. if you're always, you know, head down and you're not kind of showing them what you can do, it's hard for them to, to see that in you. So you have to give them that opportunity as well. So. Yeah, no, great point. Uh, yeah, I'm going to segue uh, really quick to millennials because on this particular show, um, I want to say two or three episodes ago, we had the distinct pleasure to, um, to have Chris Bauer, who's the CEO of Endurance Credit Union. And he and I talked about millennials. Uh, you know, frankly, and we talked a little bit about this uh, before our show, is that in my experience, you know, I've had a lot of pleasure in working with millennial executives, millennial entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, they seem to really understand this culture, workplace, brand idea uh, a little bit better um, than some other folks out there that I've found. Uh, but also in, in talking to Chris, you know, we kind of joked about the fact that, you know, they're great workers, but they want everything now. <laughs> they, 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 they're very intelligent. They're hardworking. Um, and most of them that I've come in contact with are in alignment with the mission and what the business is trying to do. But they want that promotion tomorrow. They want that promotion, you know, two weeks from now. And that's not always feasible for a, a number of different reasons. What piece of advice, and you might have already given it and just need to, to repeat it in a particular way, what piece of advice that you might give to a millennial that's, that's getting a little bit frustrated or discouraged about moving to that next level on the org chart and what he or she might be able to do? Okay, so let me say something first. Um, Go for I it. Totally hear <laughs> no, I totally hear you with the millennials. I actually love working with millennials. I think they have a lot of, of great things to offer. I totally feel you on uh, they want to think they want everything right now. Sometimes, um, and this is you know I'm said I'm saying this very lovingly to you millennials out there. <laughs> if you're so in such a hurry, then I'd like you to I'd like to challenge you to ask yourself what have I been doing to prepare my next step. Because a lot of people don't, they're not very deliberate about it. And they, they just kind of think everything has to happen right now, but they actually haven't been putting in the necessary work to get ready. So if you want to actually be able to go forward faster, this is what I say, get clear, get deliberate and get moving. Okay. So no, it's not going to happen overnight, but first get clear on what you really want. What kind of lifestyle do you want? It used to be popular to plan out these things like, what do I want in five years and 10 years? And you don't have to be like that, but you do have to think a lot about, you know, what do I want? People often say, I want a promotion. I say, why? And they can't really answer me. 
right? Because that's what you want to move forward. Well, yeah, but what promotion do you want? Why do you want that? Get clear on what exactly you're going for. Are you going for more money? Are you going for prestigious title? I mean, there are different things that come into the formula. So you really have to know what exactly you're, you're looking for. Once you get clear, you can get deliberate, right? You get uh, very precise about what your next steps need to be. If you don't know all of the steps, pick your next best step, right? That's the one to focus on at the moment and start taking action. I cannot say this enough. One of the things that makes the biggest difference is consistent action. People have such a hard time to really make sure that they're constantly moving the needle forward. It doesn't have to be major things. It has to be small things every day. Be consistent, move forward. So for me, that's really the key. Get clear, get deliberate, and get moving. Yep. Does that kind I, of help? That, that helps tremendously um, on so many levels. Um, you can, yeah, I talk a lot about branding and how critical, and I stress the word critical consistency is, uh, because if you go to a credit union one day and you get this amazing service from Judy, um, and then you come a week later and you sit with John and it's okay, but it's not to the level of the experience you had with Judy. And then you come mm -hmm. a week later and, and you're, you're speaking to Julie. You know, everybody has a J name at this fictitious credit union that I'm using here. And you speak to Julie. If you don't have a, if you don't have a name that starts with J, you can't be hired here. Um, you know, Jose works, but you know, even Jesus. Um, but <laughs> you know, even if, even if, even if you got to pronounce it like an H, as long as it's a J, we can work at this credit union. Okay. Then you talk to Julie, you know, a month later, and, you know, the experience is, you know, she's kind of rude, she's kind of off. And now you've had three different experiences and you don't know what to expect from your credit union. And I think it's exactly the same when it comes to an employee, you know, having managed people, you know, having worked with, with hundreds of people that manage people. Yeah, I think the most frustrating thing is when you have somebody that is so inconsistent. You know, sometimes you have these people that are gold that, you know, you know exactly how they're going to perform and, and almost always are going to perform at that level. You know, then you also have the folks that perform, you know, maybe at a subpar level, but then with a little bit of training and mentoring that goes up and then that's consistent. That's also acceptable. But when you have this, you know, when you have the, okay, you know, this individual was working really well for like three months you know, now I've got some kind of craziness where he's acting out or, or she's being rude to other people for the last two weeks. And now all of a sudden it's good again. Uh, and she's doing her work, you know, but then you, you wind up saying, I don't know what to expect tomorrow. You know, am I, am I going to get, you know, am I going to get good Jose or am I going to get bad Jose? You know, that's the, <laughs> that's the worst thing as an employee that you could possibly do because actually if you really, really think about it, you know, one of the people you know, that you're there to serve is your manager. And if you can anticipate that need, and part of that need is just a consistent performance, you know, that in and of itself can get you ahead, can it not? Oh, totally. I mean, I think it is exactly one of the things that, you know, when you're, if you just take like a crisis situation, right? Who do you go like to? Like now? You go to that <laughs> 
up, but no, you go exactly <laughs> to those employees that you know that have a consistent way of reacting, right? You know what you're going to get when you go to them. And you can, you know that you can give something to them, you can trust them to do it. Any day of the week, I would take somebody like that over somebody who is erratically a high performer, yeah. right? Because if you just can't get the results when you need them, it's not always really very helpful. Is right. It? So exactly. I totally, totally agree with you. And I think it's interesting also what you say, you know, like if you go into the, into the office and you meet these different people and you have these different experiences, that is a problem. I mean, that yeah. means that somebody is not doing their job in terms of at least saying what the expectations are. It's one thing to give people a list to say, okay, this is, these are the values of our organization. This is how we want you to interact with clients, but not kind of having that discussion and being very explicit with people and saying, I want you to behave this way, no matter what kind of day you're having mm -hmm. is important, right? Yeah. People can have bad days. You can also share that with your boss, right? To say, I'm having a hard time today. And people, a good boss will take that into consideration, right? But yep. at the same time, you know, you have to make sure that there's this consistency because otherwise people are just totally confused. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, we, I just kind of quipped a little bit that, you know, at the taping of this particular show, not to date it, you know, we're right in the midst of, of coronavirus. Um, you know, we'll, we'll call, I'll call it a little bit insanity. Uh, but, you know, at, at a time like this, you know, you really have to think of, and this is what brings me back to a, a centered place, if you will, is asking the question, what can I control? Because there's so many things that you can't control, so why waste the energy on what you can't control? What can I control? Um, and that's in a crisis mode, and I, and I truly believe that it applies to normalcy, uh, especially in a subject as we're talking about in terms of moving up the org chart, is that you know, maybe you may be a little bit frustrated that, hey, I think I should be at this particular level of the org chart and I'm here. You, you have to ask yourself, well, I can't control what other people are going to do, but I can control what I do, which kind of speaks mm -hmm. to what you were saying with, with your three tips of what can I control? You know, I could be more deliberate. You know, I could, I could be better at adhering to all service standards rather than just the ones that I choose. You know, I can control what I can control. And I think that that helps us in a lot of situations, including moving up that, that particular ladder. Yeah, and I totally agree. And being kind of conscious of what's going on, right? So exactly, this is crisis mode right now for many organizations. It's not the time to start being very dramatic about the whole thing, yeah. right? With your boss. I mean, this is where you need to bring your boss proposals of good solutions of how to handle things instead of kind of going to your boss and saying, oh, I don't know what to do. What should yeah. I do? You know, de-dramatize the situation, right? right. So help your boss, support your boss that way. Um, and you'll make the experience better for everybody, for yourself, for your boss, for your clients, and you will stand out, right? right. As a star employee. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I want to, uh, before we wrap up, I want to switch gears slightly 
uh, back to the subject of women in the workplace, since you do host Wise Women's Workplace podcast, which uh, I suggest uh, all women executives in the credit union industry do listen to. Um, I know, and we've talked about this, that uh, especially in the credit union industry, it seems that that women have had a lot of opportunities. And I think that that is, is awesome for, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, they have been able to move up, up the org chart. Um, do you think we've come a long way or do you think that we, we also have some work to do in that particular area? I'd say both. Um, <laughs> I so knew you were going to say that. That's, you know, I've, I, I, I've, uh, only, I've only known you for less than a week, but I figure, you know, I'm going to tee this question up for, because I know what the answer is going to be. So go for it, Anita. <laughs> No, I think, honestly, if you look at the statistics, uh, women do make up about half of the workforce today. Um, women have certainly come a long way in terms of education. So I think I read uh, 50 to 60 percent of all degrees awarded bachelor, master, PhDs actually are for women. So clearly women are getting educated. They are going into the workplace. We know, right, there's often more families now that both parents are going into the workplace or single mother household, let's say. So we know that there are a lot more women in the workplace. There is, however, a noticeable challenge when you get to large organizations. So in smaller and medium-sized organizations, I think women have made huge strides in terms of getting to higher level positions in a pretty, pretty direct path. Um, however, if you look at the distribution in kind of the S&P 500 companies, right. we notice there's still this triangle that is diminishing as we go up. Um, so I think there's still some work to do there, but I think you know things are moving in the right direction. So I think that we've made some progress, but I think that we need to be you know, conscious about what's going on and make sure that you know things keep moving in the right direction. Now, a funny thing about this for me is that I would actually say, I don't think you should care too much if you're a man or a woman in the workplace. You need to really focus on yourself. And that's the discussion that we've been having up until now today. I mean, this is a new playing field. This is not like in the past. This is much more about what can you bring to the table with what you can do, who you are, how you show up, and so much less about your gender, your race, yeah. everything, right? So I, I think I've always, I always have this in the back of my mind because I do have a podcast with wise women's workplace, right? It could also be for men. I think women have spe specific challenges in the workplace, like men have specific challenges in the workplace. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's not something that I think a woman should focus too much on. Uh, because doing so is actually going to be a disadvantage for you. So um, the thing is that women can do some things maybe to help themselves. I think one of the most important things to do is to work. Well, there's two important things I would say. One is to work with a mentor. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give coach. you, I'll give you two. You know, you said one, but I'll yeah. give you two. Go, go for yeah, it. Sorry, personalities. <laughs> Often they turn out to be the same person, but yeah. One is a mentor. A mentor is somebody who's going to be able to help a woman to understand, you know, kind of what's happening and to be able to ask those questions like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Um, this is the situation that ha would happen. What would you do? And so mm -hmm. if you find a mentor, typically in your organization is the best, in my opinion, because, or, you know, or 
at least in your sector, but um, in your organization is best because they know kind of the company culture, they often know the people who are involved, and they can actually help you kind of sift through, you know, was that because you're a woman or was that yeah. because you maybe missed it, right? Yeah. Maybe you're senior in your mindset, you need to move more senior mindset. I mean, these are things like you don't know what you don't know, mm -hmm. and so you default to things that you suppose, right, are happening. So. So that's one thing that's on the mentor side. And then on the coach side, um, it's important to have a good coach to help you because honestly, having a coach, the coach can help you decide what's important for you. You know, is this gender issue important for you? Maybe right. to some people it is, right? And if it is, then maybe you need to get into an environment which is really gonna support you in that particular way. If it turns out that you maybe just need somebody to help kind of guide you along and help you decide where you should best focus your efforts, a coach is gonna be able to do that for you. Yeah. So, so sorry to kind of truncate the women in the workplace, but it's true <laughs> that it's, I actually honestly believe that for people to get to move forward, they should not be focusing so much on the gender issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very comforting to hear you say that. I, I truly believe that in the workplace today, um, that regardless of gender, race, age, religion, um, hair, no hair, that, <laughs> that there are plenty of opportunities for everybody. Um, I think that you know, a lot of those barriers have, have dropped away. And I truly do think if, if we, we close with this, that if you're in alignment, you know, regardless of, of some of these labels per se, if you're in alignment with the credit union that you're working for, yeah, nine times out of 10, you're going to get not only what you deserve, but also what you want. Uh, last question, uh, where can people find you, whether it is your podcast or, or anything that you offer, where can our audience find you out there on online per se? So if anybody wants to contact me, they can easily reach me through my website, which is www.anitabellitz.com. And clearly, I'd love to have everybody listen to The Wise Woman's Workplace. It's where I basically share um, lessons that I learned over my career going from administrative assistant to executive director. Mm. And I share those with people in my audience. So looking forward to hopefully being heard from you soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please check out uh, Anita's website, especially check out her podcast. Even though I'm a man, I'm going to listen to a few episodes. Hopefully uh, uh, my phone won't knock me off because they know that I'm a male listening to a woman's yeah. uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> and I, hope, I hope that doesn't happen because I know that I will learn a lot, much like I learned a lot in our conversation today. Anita, thank you for being an awesome guest on the Credit Union Business News Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. I really had a great time. And I'm, I see that we're so aligned. It's really fantastic. So <laughs> well, well, we'll have, to, we'll have to get you on another show one way, shape, or form, you know, real soon because you've, you've given a lot of insights. Uh, the pleasure has been all mine. I really enjoyed our discussion. Again, thank you for being with us. And thank you to all of you that are either watching or listening to the Credit Union Business News Podcast. And we will be with you again in about two weeks with another great guest and another great discussion. Take care. Learn more about Credit Union Business News at creditunionbusiness.com. 
Suggestions for the Credit Union Business News Podcast can be directed to Tim O'Hara at tim at cubusiness.com or Ken Bader at kbader, B-A-T-O-R, at btcinc.net. To learn more about this episode's sponsor, please go to btcinc.net.